Get Heard with Ian Roth podcast, where it is our mission to enable leaders to effectively engage and motivate their audience through written and verbal communication. Hey, welcome to the Get Heard podcast. My guest today is Matt Kuchera, co-founder and co-host of the Vet Pivot podcast. Today, we talk about a lot of leadership aspects, many of them related to the transition from the military side to the civilian side. But the main topic that we hit on is feedback and just that transparency and that candor in in delivering feedback. So I hope you enjoy and let's get on to the interview. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Get Heard podcast. My guest today is Matt Kuchera. How you doing, Matt? I'm good, Ian. What's going on? Hey, not too much. Uh, you know, just living the dream here, doing a podcast at eight o'clock on a Saturday night. So that's right. An honor and a privilege to be doing it with you, my friend. Hey, I appreciate that. And likewise, I know we've we've been connected for a while. We've talked uh, numerous times through LinkedIn, but this is first time uh, we really get to sit down and have a conversation, which is great. Yeah. So starting the conversation off, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, what you got going on, and you know any special projects you're working on. Sure, absolutely. Uh, so Matt Kuchera is a uh, 12 and a half year uh, Air Force veteran, recently uh, transitioned from the Air Force back in July of 2019 and stepped into a civilian role uh, that is exactly what I wanted it to be. Very, very happy with that and how that's working out. It's been seven months now and uh, going strong. So uh, beyond that, Settled in in uh, New Jersey, southern New Jersey, in the Voorhees area, which is near Cherry Hill. For anyone that's not familiar, or Philadelphia is the major city that's near us. It's uh, it's great. I love it. I'm right down the road from my parents. I'm right down the road from my son who lives with his mom during the uh, during the school week, and then with us on the weekend. And it's, it's the best, man. I, I could not be happier with how my plan has worked out so far. Uh, aside from that, I am working on a couple different things. So uh, your listeners may or may not know, but I'm going to throw it out there. We got Vet Pivot, which is a podcast and an online experience that I, I co-founded with my good buddy, Adam Bratz. And uh, we run that. It's a weekly podcast. Episodes publish on Monday mornings at 6 a.m. And it's it's great. We aim to serve transitioning ser- uh, service members, veterans, people that are looking for a career pivot. And we want to create a digital or an online community where veterans can get together, support one another, but also uh, you know have a good time and keep it light and casual. It's a stressful time when you're transitioning. So the whole premise behind launching this podcast was, okay, there's a gap in information, but there's also a lot of stress behind the transition process itself and a lot of unsurety. You know, is this going to work out? Am I going to be okay? Or am I going to become one of those homeless veterans holding a sign underneath the freeway? So what we wanted to do was create an opportunity for people to take some of the the monkey off the back, so to speak, so that they can transition successfully and confidently uh, with a holistic mindset. So when you say holistic, it's not just the job, but it's also, uh, you know, transitioning spiritually from a community standpoint and socially. We want to make sure that people are transitioning 
from a physical standpoint as well. So when we talk about that, we have the fitness pivot that's going on right now. That's a tremendous opportunity for folks to lose some weight, shed that poundage, and uh, kiss 2019's extra pounds goodbye, uh, and do so with the community, the military community supporting them. So we teamed up with another podcast called Two Marines, One Mike, and uh, we got Wade and Phil uh, down there in Boca Raton, Florida that are doing that with us. They own two gyms, and they have uh, they have their own uh, supplement line called Patriot Sports Nutrition, all caps, vet, pivot, coupon code, you get 20% off. So just going to throw that out there for you as well. But yeah, it's a great, 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 great time. And uh, on top of that, we've also had like this opportunity, Ian, like with the podcast where we've been able to bring on some really cool guests. And one of those guests that we have uh, booked is Kirsty Enos, who's the Marine veteran. She was in a helicopter crash. She survived it, took some uh, pretty bad injuries, uh, is an above-the-knee amputee. But she has done some incredible things and started her own foundation because of those things. So she was uh, on the ESPN magazine bod issue. That's the one where all the athletes are, you know, tastefully naked, if you want to say that way. <laughs> uh, she's in there. And uh, she also won the Pat Tillman Award at the ESPYs last year. She's been on Jocko's podcast. I believe she's been on Joe Rogan's podcast. So she's been all over the place doing some great things for uh, spreading the word for veterans and how awesome we are. And on top of that, uh, she has a foundation where she gets veterans outdoors. And she has this thing where she wants to climb the seven tallest summits in the world. Last year, she got stopped out by weather on uh, Mount Everest, which is amazing. I don't think I could climb Mount Everest with one leg, let alone uh, with with the two that I have. So, uh, you know, we're raising money for her foundation uh, as a sign of gratitude for, you know, agreeing to be on our podcast. You know, when you have someone that has achieved that level of celebrity, their time is in high demand for interviews and podcasts and what have you. And she has graciously said, yeah, I'll be on your your podcast that just started back in September. So we're going to raise $2,200 in honor of the 22 veterans that take their lives each day. And uh, we're going to raise that $2,200 for the Kirsty Innes Foundation. People can find that uh, on GoFundMe. It's uh, Matt's GoFundMe campaign for Kirsty Innes Foundation. Um, and we do that through Vet Pivot as well. So if you follow us on any of our social, you can find a link through there as well. That's awesome, Matt. You're doing so much great stuff between the podcast, the fundraiser, and I think I was looking around your website. You mentioned you have a blog going yeah, on right, right now. Is that true? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, so the blog lo- launched uh, a little more than a month ago, and Adam and I have been contributing to it. His uh, blog is Post Military Pro. Mine is Sergeant Says, and we are we have similar, I think, writing scope. You know the, what what we want to write about. Uh, mine is very much more statistically driven where Adams is very much a educational informative type piece on how to transition, uh, how to build a LinkedIn, what are some veteran type issues? Mine's more so, uh, geared towards the professional side of it, 
the transition side of it and the, you know, corporate side of it, right? That's, that's important to me is that uh, because I work in corporate America, that I I can speak to both sides, both being a veteran and being in corporate America now, um, you know, at a at a somewhat executive level, right? That's I want to be able to speak both from a hiring manager type perspective as well as the uh, the veteran perspective. So I think that helps. That's great stuff, and I'm so happy that your transition went so well, and you're in a place physically and with a job that you wanted to be in after you got out of the military. So man, that, that's great news. I love hearing those success stories. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I'm thrilled. It, it worked out, you know, sometimes you make a plan and you're like, okay, well, I expect the unexpected. The plan will take many uh, different, you know, detours, but this one, it took detours early on, but it ended where I planned for it to end, which is, uh, you know, it's it's very very rewarding when you when you set a goal for yourself or uh, or for your family and and then it ends up that way. It's uh, it's fun. It's good. That's good to hear, man. I'm so happy for you, and I hope when my time comes to transition out, I have as successful as a transition transition as you did. So again, oh, congratulations. Yeah, you got people in your corner. Yes, yeah, so it's good to know. And <laughs> between you, Adam, and the plethora of other people on LinkedIn who are just such strong forces in the veteran community, now I know they're out there. I, I might not have known that before, but right, such a tight knit community, and everybody's all about helping each other out. It's awesome. Yeah, one hundred percent. That's the best part about being in our community is we're really there for each other. Yeah, it really is. Just like battle buddies till the end, right? That's it. Yeah, that is so. Getting into the topic that I, I really wanted to pick your brain about today and just the kind of what we were going back and forth on before the episode was feedback. And, you know, feedback is not something that people owe you, but it's right. very it's very nice to to receive it from people. They don't have to do it. So it is kind of like a gift in a way that there's no obligation for someone to give it to you. But when someone does give it to you, you should take advantage of it and listen to it. So Along the lines of feedback, is there a difference that you've noticed between your military career and civilian career from the last seven months or so? And if you just wanted to talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, you know, I was a, when I was in uh, the Air Force, I did the uh, military training instructor duty. So that's, uh, you know, that's the Air Force's version of a drill instructor. So I'm very, very, very comfortable with and aware of feedback in its many forms. Uh, I think that the, it, it is a gift. Feedback is absolutely a gift. It's something that when someone gives that to you, whether you like hearing it or not, and most, most times people do not like hearing the feedback because we have high opinions of ourselves and we see ourselves in the best light. So when someone gives us that feedback, they're putting a mirror in our face and, and calling out the blemishes. It's one of those things that it, it you don't forget it. And some people get salty about it. But what you should do is you should be thanking that person because they're giving you an opportunity to reflect and to become better, which is what feedback's all about. Their delivery might be good or bad or terrible or great, but you will have the opportunity to improve yourself. So regardless of their delivery, once you get past the initial shock of, 
I'm not perfect, then you can see yourself through a different lens and be able to apply some or all of the feedback to make yourself better. It's, it's, it's an amazing thing. And I think that military or civilian, it doesn't really change. I think that the thing in the civilian side, from my opinion, is the feedback that I get sometimes makes me chuckle to myself. It's, it's very much a uh, business results driven feedback. But some of the things that they give feedback on, you're like, uh, that's not really, that's not really that big of a deal. Um, so then, so then you're like, okay, all right, noted, you know, uh, whereas in the military, some of the feedback that we get, it's like, okay, well you, you know, people could have died because you didn't do that. Right. So it's the life or death aspect of it, the, the imminent danger piece of it. That's, that's not there in the civilian side. Uh, so it makes you, it makes it even easier to receive from that sense because you're like, okay, there's no pressure on this feedback. Yeah. So I, you know, the feedback, it hits you differently. Right. But it gives you the opportunity to see something through someone else's lens, which is the gift of feedback. You know, how often do you get to see yourself in someone else's mirror? You know, that reflection back at you, whether you like what it looks like or not is a different uh, view into how the world sees you. So it's a beautiful opportunity for you to become a better leader, to become a better communicator, to become a better person, because that person that just gave you that feedback is now giving you that opportunity to build and grow and become stronger. Definitely. And you spoke about it a little bit before, but the delivery, the delivery is, I don't want to say essential, but it can really make or break and make someone maybe take your feedback one way as opposed to another. So, I mean, you can be very blunt about giving feedback to someone or you can use a little bit of tact and especially if it's kind of negative feedback or something to help improve the person, just the delivery of it goes a long way. So the person doesn't get, you know, you don't hurt the person's feelings or they don't take it personally. Yeah, absolutely. I I would revert to uh, a book that I read by Kim Scott called Radical Candor. And she talks about the four quadrants of, of radical candor and, and where you should be. The, the best people are able to deliver feedback with this, this radical candor, with this absolute truth. And it's not personal. And I think when your team is able to establish that, hey, it's not personal, it's just business boundary. Meaning, you know, when we're out and we're, ha- you know, maybe we're doing a team building event or something like that, it's fine. We're going to get to know each other. We're going to talk personally. We're going to have our, our interpersonal relationships, right? But when you're conducting business or you're in the mission, I need to be able to have that radical candor. And I need to trust you as a teammate to be able to take that and not take it to heart like it's a personal attack. So prime example, you know, I don't want to have to sit down with someone and say, Hey, look, I think you're doing a great job. This is something that you're doing well. Here's the thing that you're not doing well, but you're also doing this well. And I think that you're, you're making a great difference on the team. Like the, that conversation has its time and its place, but I think that it's more important to be able to tell my team, Hey, you didn't do this right. Next time do X, Y, and Z. 
thank you. You know, <laughs> just have it be that. Right. It's, you know, it's not, you can be a jerk about it. Absolutely. And I, and we've all had bosses that, or leaders that are jerks about it. And you're like, oh man, screw that guy or gal. Right. Uh, they don't know what they're talking about, but it's, it's your opportunity as a, as your own leader to take the feedback, whether you like the delivery or not. And that's always the, that's always the thing that I tried to teach the people that worked for me or, or the trainees that I had when I was doing the military training instructor duty is it's not personal. It's just business. Every single one of us, I, I care about as a leader, I care about you and I want to see you be successful. The best way that we can do that is to cut out all the crap and just let me tell you what you're doing wrong so you can go fix it and we can move on. It's not like I'm saying, hey, you're ugly. <laughs> I'm just saying, hey, you did this task wrong. There's a difference. But again, like going back to what I was saying before, we have such high opinions of ourselves and we always see ourselves in a better regard than the rest of the world does. So when someone tells you, you're not doing something well, that hurts your feel good a little bit. And you're like, ah, come on. It can't be that bad. Or the other thing that I see is, well, you don't do this well, right? And then that's not productive and it breaks down communication. Just take it. It, it really is very uh, freeing to be able to just say, okay, hey, hey, I appreciate that feedback. Thanks. Right. Right. Don't take it personally. Just know that the person is giving you the gift of feedback, just trying to help you out really in a sense and make you better. So that's right. Um, that, that's really all it is. I'm just curious, even if it's not you, have you seen other vets who have had a problem in the past during their transition with the, the feedback or maybe the candor or, or the delivery of the feedback has, you know, it's obviously different between the military and the civilian world. Yeah, I would say that uh, there's there's quite a few vets that can say that their their candor, the way that they are speaking, the way that they are coming across when they give feedback is too harsh for the civilian side. But you can make the same argument, you know, with the uniform on as well. I think that a lot of NCOs officers they have a an abrasive tone when dealing with you know subordinates in uh in the in the ranks so you know it's no different on the on the uh, civilian side from that regard what i'll say is the the thing that i've done to kind of put the people that i work with at ease is i i smile and i in and i am lighthearted about everything even when i'm getting feedback if i make a mistake and my boss is you know upset with me. I'm smiling I'm like, okay, well, Hey, I appreciate that. Thank you. And, and I'll work on this so it doesn't happen next time. What happens there is, and I've seen it from civilian to civilian. So I've seen other people argue with my boss because they don't like the feedback and it never gets them anywhere positive. Right. It never lands them in a good place. Even if you're right, you have to, you have to determine right then and there is this something that I need to be right on? Or do I just do it the way my boss is asking me to do it? There are going to be things that you have to be right on, but not everything. And you don't, you know, you're just going to make life harder on yourself 
And you're going, even if your boss doesn't hold it against you, you're going to hold it against your boss internally. You know, you're going to hold on to that stuff. That's not a good place to be. So I, you know, for me, I've smiled through and I've appreciated the learning curve. I've appreciated, you know, the, the, the tutoring and, and people mentoring me and, and helping me learn the acumen of the industry that I'm in because it's so vastly different from being in the military. At the same time, uh, I do think that veterans struggle with that. One of the things that we struggle with most is our, is our, um, our potty mouth, right? (laughs) A tendency to curse and swear and tell crude jokes thinking they're funny. And, uh, you know, that stuff happens from time to time. I hear it in the military or in the uh, civilian side as well, but not as often. Keep it classy. You know, I, there, if you wouldn't say it when giving a briefing like a commander's call, then don't say it. You know, don't uh, just keep it professional. I think that speaks volumes about us to have that restraint and discipline to keep it professional. You'll have your small circle of friends that you trust in the civilian side. And you can you you can cut up and and joke with them, and uh, you know let loose a few cuss words then. But when you're doing business, when you're actually working and in a professional setting, just drop it, leave it at the door. If you have to find a substitute word, you know mine's stinking. I say I say it all the time when I was a when I was a MTI because we weren't allowed to swear, so I, I would say stinking for everything. That was my that was my cuss word. Another one I hear is doggone. A lot of doggone, these, yep. the senior NCOs uh, in my unit say that instead of saying what they really want to say and are, are used to saying from back in the good old days. But yeah, yep. doggone, doggone a lot flipping. Flipping is a good one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you can get creative. And uh, yeah, like you said, you really can't swear anymore in the military. That's yeah. Well, that's good. That's a good thing. It's unprofessional, right? It's and it break. It does break down communication. It puts people on the defensive. And I, trust me, it sometimes when you're really upset, (laughs) just you need to. You got to go to go. You know, go find a quiet place or go in your car and do it there. (laughs) That's that's the best thing I could tell you. So I also want to talk about something that you said about. We talked about communication a little bit, but about being a leader and, you know, being a leader doesn't mean that you're the smartest person in the room, but it means that you know how to realize that you have other smart people around you and and that you need to listen to them and leverage their expertise. That's a, that's yes, absolutely. So that's a big mistake that the leaders will make and they'll make it no matter what level they're at, but the best leaders and uh, the most skilled leaders are the ones that are able to recognize that it's okay that they don't have all the answers. Because as a leader, that's why you have a team, right? You have a team that's around you that's there to help you get the task done. Your job is to empower them and support them once empowered. So when you make the mistake of, hey, I have to have all the answers or, hey, I'm not mature enough or confident enough in my leadership role or responsibility or uh, my capabilities, then I have to shoot people down or I have to make sure that I poke holes in whatever solutions they come up with. Sometimes the people junior to you that are on your team that come up with a solution, that is the solution. That's the best one. 
So your job as a leader is to absolutely ask qualifying questions, try to gain an understanding because you have the responsibility to know what's going on and what those solutions are. But you also need to understand that it's okay not to be the smartest person in the room. And by allowing yourself to let other people shine, the people on your team shine and be the smartest people in the room, you're actually the best leader in the room and the smartest person in the room in that regard, which is, you know, what you need to be. Yeah, I've seen a whole, I've seen a lot of people struggle with that part, you know, especially starting at the bottom and rising up through an organization and then taking on a leadership role. It goes from the doing the hands-on stuff to overseeing and and having other people do and know more than you instead of you being the subject matter expert, you know, back when you were on the lower level, you need to realize that everybody else are the people doing that task and are the ones who know how to do it the best. So you need to listen to their advice, their opinions, and listen to their opinions when they give them because they're the people down in the trenches doing the task. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's important, right? And what you do when you, when you don't uh, enable people to, to have that autonomy to come up with new ideas is you actually restrict that and you make them feel like, okay, well, it doesn't matter what I come up with. They're just going to shoot it down anyways, because they're smarter than me. So now you're, you're hampering creativity, innovation, you're preventing new ideas from coming to the surface because they weren't born from your brain. So as a leader, it's really, it has a lot of um, bad consequences to team development and team execution. It's, it's just not a place where you want to be. So be comfortable being the person that thumbs up the idea and not the person that's sitting there critiquing every single aspect of it. You know, you'll, you'll be called a micromanager. You'll be called uh, uh, a lot of names that we just talked about. <laughs> yeah, right. Like swear. So, um, yeah, absolutely. Just empower your people. Oh, you'll be surprised. You'll be so surprised as a leader. It'll really once you figure that part out, you'll really be taken back uh, by just the quality and the caliber of the people that you have in your team. And that's when it becomes fun, where you can start to kind of develop and mentor and mold those folks to start thinking and, and doing things that complement their skills, which will in turn make your team stronger. So I would say that being a leader doesn't only mean that you're not the smartest person in the room, but you shouldn't be the smartest person in the room in a specific task. You should, you know, have the the big picture view, maybe the strategic planning kind of mindset with all those subject matter experts feeding you information and you as the leader are to corral all that information and then make the best decision for the organization based on your experience and you know education and other qualifications. So yeah, I would hope that as a leader, I'm not the smartest person in the room at X. Right. Yeah. You don't want to do it all yourself, right? It's you're, you're the chef or the, you know, the conductor of the orchestra, right? You, that doesn't mean you can play all the instruments. It means that you can, you can coordinate and, and dictate the tempo and bring different parts into the mission when they need to be in there. You know, that's, that's your role as a leader is to be that, that conductor, to be the person that, you know, leads the symphony, but it's not the person that's playing every instrument. Yeah. That's a great analogy. I never, I never thought of that, but no, that's exactly spot on. 
So is there anything else that that you've noticed from your military transition to this filling transition in terms of your style of leadership? Have you had to change that drastically a little bit, maybe not at all? Or is the style of leadership that you had in the Air Force, were you able to just kind of take that same style into the civilian world? I mean, for the most part, I was able to take the same style into the civilian world. I have become a little less abrasive and direct. Uh, I am very much, uh, now that I'm, you know, I've got my footing a little bit. I mean, don't get me wrong. It takes a couple months to, especially when you're making an industry pivot. So when you're going from, in my case, I was going from IT communications in the Air Force and military projects and programs. And now I'm in, you know, finance technology. It's different. So it's important for me to, it was important for me to kind of sit back which allowed me to then observe not just how the job is done and in the industry quirks that I need to get used to, but also the way that people interact with one another. And it really helped me build good partnership with the folks that I have to rely on to help me get my work done. And uh, as well as the people that rely on me so they can get their work done. So it's very collaborative. Uh, it's a matrix organization, so highly matrixed, actually. So it's it's a lot to get used to from a leadership lens. It's very difficult because, you you know, one moment you'll be talking to someone who is, uh, you know, they're an executive director and you're a VP, right? But you're both working at the same level because whatever line of business they work in, uh, they happen to perform the same role that you perform for your line of business. So it's, it is interesting. Uh, it's also very easy for me in the sense that if I go back to a prior point, uh, no one, no one's going to die if, if like a task has to wait till tomorrow. And so that, that release of that pressure is really, really helpful. You know, it's helpful in, allowing me to just kind of be myself, smile, keep it light, be supportive. And I think that that piece of the be supportive piece, if you're a supportive leader that is there for your people when you're in the military, if you bring that to your civilian role, uh, you're going to be a rock star. People are going to love you. They're going to be thankful that they get the chance to work with you because it's few and far between the leaders and the civilian side that are, that are that way. Is there anything else you want to let the crowd know? Where can they find you online before we wrap sure. it up here? Yeah, absolutely. Just go to www.vetpivot.com. Uh, if you search vet pivot on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, Google podcast, we're on everything. iHeartRadio. Uh, coming soon to Pandora. So it's, we're, we're all over the place. Just look for vet pivot will pop up and you can hear Adam and I talk to some amazing guests about veteran transition, hiring, firing, uh, negotiations, all you name it. We talk about it. Awesome, Matt. Well, thank you so much for hopping on my show tonight. It's been a pleasure. We had a lot of you mentioned a lot of great topics about leadership. I have some pretty good notes here. So personally, awesome. th thank you for <laughs> giving me all that wisdom. And yeah, thanks again for hopping on the show.
Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on the show, Ian. I appreciate it. Look forward to, uh, you know, sharing it with the, uh, with the crowd, uh, my, my side of it and my audience, the, the people that I, that I run in circles with. Thank you so much for listening to the Get Heard podcast. If you like what you're hearing, please leave a review on whatever podcast platform you are using. Also, it would mean a lot to me if you could share this with a friend. I'm really trying to get the word out there about ways to improve yourself in leadership, communication, and public speaking. So all the friends you can tell the show about greatly help the cause and just help spread the message. You can also find me on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and online at getheardpodcast.com. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll talk to you next week.